Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where a spoiled brat falls into a giant mountain of poo. Our next Reddit post is from The Breakup. Background. A year out of school in the early 1990s, I procured a job as a business analyst for a large family-owned tech company. This business was located in the booming heart of technology at the time, and it was very profitable. As tech took off over the next decade, the company thrived and remained family-owned. What started off as a rich family in a rich company became exceedingly wealthy, and they had a net worth in the low billions. The family that owned it was quite neurotic, moody, and they had a reputation as being ruthless when it came to financing, deal-making, employees, etc. I truly believe that this is what held them back from ultimately becoming a household name as a company. As I progressed in the company, I gained more and more face time with the owners. I worked on some projects directly with the owners, and they really paid off, which gained me even greater access to their inner circle. Now, like a lot of people at the time, and particularly those who worked in tech, I was heavily invested in tech stocks. I discussed some of my investments and gains with the owners in casual conversation, though investing had nothing to do with my role in the company. That is, until one day in late 1999, when one of the owners came to me and asked me if I would invest some of his personal money. He wanted me to take big risks using $1 million of his personal money. I was a bit hesitant, but still being in my late 20s and wanting to prove myself, I said I would. I asked for a written agreement where they acknowledged that this wasn't my role in the company. It was a personal matter between the owner and me. Also, it specified my compensation for this side arrangement, which was 20% of all profits. Around this time, and by working in the industry, I started to notice the weakness associated with a lot of tech companies. They just were not living up to their hype and stock prices, and some seemed like they were starting to run out of money. I didn't have any inside information, just a gut feeling of what companies were struggling based on my experience. So, I started using both my money and the owner's money to short tech companies just after the new year in 2000. For anyone unfamiliar with shorting, it means that if the value of the stock decreases, then the value of your investment increases. Well, in the first two months of the year 2000, both my account and the account that I set up for my boss suffered moderate losses. But then, the tech bubble began to burst and both accounts, but my bosses in particular, began to skyrocket. In June, the company I worked for began to suffer a downturn. We were still profitable, but since we provided tech services and products, we weren't immune to weaknesses in the broader market. I hadn't informed the owner of my short strategy. He came to me one day asking how his money was doing, saying that he suspected that it was way down like the general market. To his surprise, I informed him that there was $1.35 million in cash sitting in his account that belonged to him. The owner, either through ignorance or lack of attention, said, Great, $1.35 million? Fantastic work in this down market. Will you please wire it to me? I responded that I would, but I'd be taking my 20% of his 350k or 70k before wiring him the remaining 280k. I also reminded him that I still had open positions that had yet to pay off or close, but I didn't state the amount. He, once again, appeared not to understand or comprehend the open position statement. But instead, he became totally focused on and incensed about my rightful claim to the $70,000. He went on and on about how times were tough, I should be grateful for a job, particularly at my young age, and the entire 350k was necessary for him and the company. I knew for a fact that this wasn't true. Even worse, this was my first time personally experiencing that family's greed and corruption. Now comes the revenge. 
since after two separate occasions, the owner didn't seem to grasp that the open positions I still had would yield at least some income and thus additional profit, I decided not to mention it again. I sent him back the entire $1.35 million and I continued to manage the open positions to the best of my ability. And here's the kicker, the owner never brought it up again. He seemed to think that the $1.35 million payment was the entire value of his account, and he either never understood or never remembered that the open position still existed. He never asked for records, tax documents, or any financials. Given the fact that he was dishonest with me, I didn't feel the need to keep him updated. Ultimately, after a bit more net gain, I closed out my accounts for an additional $1.8 million. I worked for the company for three more years, and the owner never asked about it during my tenure after I gave my notice or since. I know it's a bit crass and even shady, but given his dishonesty with me over the 70k, I felt justified in keeping the additional 1.8 million. I paid the taxes on my gains, and I went on my way with a fantastic nest egg. The final ironic cherry on top of this Sunday is that during my remaining three years, I gained greater influence with the owners because they considered me loyal for giving back the full 1.3 million and for not making too much of a stink about the 70k profit. Little did they know, I got the better of them. The company eventually folded due to family disputes, but my understanding is that ownership walked away in a very good financial position. They likely would have been a much better and greater company had they not practiced the same dishonesty they showed me with their vendors, clients, and employees. You know, the ironic thing about this story is that if Opie had disputed the 70k, then he probably would have gotten it. However, the boss would have certainly gotten lawyers involved and they would have quickly discovered that missing money. So by Opie folding to the owner's greed, the owner completely blinded himself to that missing cash. Anyways, congrats OP, $1.8 million is a life-changing amount of money. Our next Reddit post is from Cinema Bears. I worked graveyard shift in a large furniture warehouse preparing furniture for next day deliveries. Each prepper was responsible for prepping two delivery bays. To prep the furniture, we would unbox all the furniture, put feet on couches, hardware on dressers, build dining room chairs, and make repairs. Our culture was to prep your bay, and then when you were finished, you helped the next bay. And this snowballed until everyone was finished, and then you would hop on a cherry picker to get last minute additions or replace damaged furniture. So, our work decided to implement a production standard. You were given a certain amount of time for each action, down to the nuts and bolts. If you added up your allotted time and you finished early, you got a 10 cent per hour bonus, equaling 80 cents a day. Also, this was to prevent you from helping other bays because you weren't allotted time for others' work. So, cue malicious compliance. I was efficient and I did not waste any movements. I would blast through my bay, add up my allotted time, and finish two hours earlier than I was allotted. Instead of turning in my sheet and getting 80 extra cents, I sat on a couch at the end of my bay and did nothing until my shift was over. I remember when a manager came by and asked for my help. I just looked at my watch, then at my beautifully prepped bay and said, I'm still prepping my bay. I put my headphones back in and leaned back while he looked at me completely shocked. There was nothing they could do because I was still on the clock for my bay. I saw it as more beneficial to get paid for 2 hours of doing nothing than to get paid for 80 cents of working my butt off. <laughs> Man, OP, I had to go back and reread this story because for a second I thought that I was misunderstanding something. I was thinking that maybe it was 80 cents an hour, but no, it's 10 cents an hour up to a maximum of 80 cents a day. 
<laughs> what kind of incentive is 80 cents a day? I mean, that would have been a good pay boost in like 1925, but in 2021, who cares? Our next Reddit post is from Luna Tunes. This happened in the summer before my senior year in high school. My best friend at the time invited me to come stay with her and her dad's family in Florida for two weeks. Much to my chagrin, I got a period during that vacation time. I had brought supplies with me just in case, and I disposed of them wrapped up in toilet paper in the lidded garbage can in the shared bathroom. On the third day of the trip, her dad approached me to say that my friend's stepbrother who lived with them had seen my period products in the bathroom garbage can. Like, what was he doing? Was he digging around in there? Anyways, the stepbrother was disgusted by it. The father asked me to not throw them out there because his son would have to see them again. Again, I'd like to point out that it was a lot harder to see them than to avoid them, but whatever. I asked the father where he suggested I dispose of my disgusting products to avoid upsetting his son. I thought this was kind of a ridiculous request since this is a natural body process that I can't control. But I wanted to do what I could since I was a guest there. But this guy just says, Just hold it in until we go to dinner or something and then throw it out in a public restroom. Sir, you have a daughter. How can you not know that that's not how things work? When I asked him what I should do if that's not an option, he said, Just flush it then so that my son doesn't have to see it. Cue malicious compliance. So instead of wrapping up my used tampon and toilet paper and tucking it into the trash can that has a lid, I'll just flush it down the toilet instead. The first one went down fine. The second time it went down as well, but with a gurgle. But the third one made the toilet back up and overflow. I will always remember the sight of my friend's dad pumping the toilet only for a partially dissolved bloody tampon to float on the surface of the bowl. I went back to putting them in the trash can, and he didn't say another word about it. Man, it's amazing how many guys seem to think that girls can just hold it in like they're holding in pee or something. Also, what I want to know is, what was his stepbrother doing that he found something wrapped up in toilet paper in a trash can with a lid on it? I think OP was right. Was he actually digging around inside the garbage can? <laughs> it's like that old joke, what are you doing, stepbro? Except, really, seriously, what on earth are you doing, stepbro? Our next Reddit post is from Kevin. I worked as a server for a small, brand new, family-owned restaurant. This place was one step below white tablecloth and had a bar on one side with the restaurant on the other. The owners were awesome and provided industry professionals to train us on how to best treat a customer and maximize our tips. As an example of just how effective this training was, on opening day, I dropped an entire tray of drinks down a woman's back. Yet, this family returned several more times and would only let me serve them. The, <laughs> the owner brought them out of Parker the first time they returned. One technique we were taught was to establish who was paying from social cues and make sure they were happy. If a couple comes in and you believe the man is paying, make the woman feel like a queen. When it's time to pay, she'll likely encourage a higher tip. It's incredibly effective. As I finish taking an order, I notice a family of four being sat in my section and I stop by immediately to introduce myself. My assessment is this. A husband and wife, very nicely dressed, their beautiful early 20-year-old daughter about my age, and what I gather is her boyfriend wearing a suit and tie. The dad is very clearly paying, but this young aspiring businessman here interrupts the mom when she was ordering her drink to inform me that he'll be ordering for the table. If looks could kill, the father would have taken out this young man and probably 10 people in the bar area. 
Oh, buddy, your night is not going to go the way you thought. Every time I returned to the table, I would face him, only look at and talk to him, and I would turn my back on the father. (laughs) The daughter asked for something, I don't remember what, and without even acknowledging her, I asked him, may she have that? He barely stammered out a yes. When I brought the bill, I said it right in front of him. They hung around for a while, and I continued to check in and refill drinks while the bill remained untouched. (laughs) I think the dad was making him sweat. Eventually, the dad grabs the bill and puts his card in. I brought back the receipt and thanked the young man for coming in and walked away. I was elsewhere when they got up from the table, and the young guy moved to the door at a speed that would make lightning look slow. The other three were all smiles, and the dad looks across the dining room and mouthed, Thank you. I gave him a smile and a nod and continued on my way. The tip amount was a number I don't remember, but I know that it was good. Really good. (laughs) It must have been a small wedding, because I never received an invite. Wow, OP, you really gambled with that one. Turning your back on the father and completely ignoring him could have been a huge backfire. But instead, it sounds like this father just really enjoyed you making a fool out of this young kid. Our next Reddit post is from Gromulox. This story happened just a couple of hours ago, so it's so fresh that you can still smell it. We get kids from the local school to come help with our community garden, and it's often the case that they turn up on a Saturday morning as well. They're almost entirely well-behaved, which is lucky because there's almost nothing that we can do about bad behavior other than using a stern voice. Although, one time, one of the boys kicked a rabbit, and one of the girls grabbed a shovel and smacked him over the head with it. Rough, but effective justice. There was this one kid who came for the first time last week. I didn't know him, but we tried to make him feel very welcome. He only lasted half an hour before storming off in tears, because we had to tell him off three separate times for spinning around in circles and holding out a tool at head height. This morning he came back with his mom, and I saw him point out my friend and me. But he didn't ask to join in after we shouted hello, so we let him be. After about 10 minutes, he started wandering around, and my friend shouted to him, Don't go around the greenhouse, mate. It's not safe around there. Well, his mom had obviously been waiting for this, because she went from 0 to 100 in 2 seconds flat. She demanded to know if we own this garden, and if not, what do we have to say about where her son goes? We explained that we just want him to be safe, and she replied that she's quite capable of taking care of that herself, thank you. Fine, whatever. So off the kid went exploring behind the greenhouse, which is not safe because that's where the compost heap is, as well as the muck mound, which is a giant pile of horse manure. We get the giant pile of horse manure delivered every autumn. By the spring, the inside is all nice and rotted down, and the outside is hard and crusty, and much less strong than you think. After about a minute, there was a crunch and a squeal. Apparently, the kid thought that the pile was solid, so he tried to climb it, and then it cracked and he fell inside of it. He was absolutely black from chest height downwards, and well-rotted manure is thick, sticky, and slimy. I like to think that we did a very good job by dragging him out without saying I told you so or breaking into laughter. His mom grabbed him without a word, and they hit it for the gate. He started bawling when the surprise wore off. My friend said, would you like some garbage bags to spread around in your car? And to her credit, she did say thanks when he handed them over. I wonder if we'll see them again next week. Tell me you have shitty parenting skills without telling me you have shitty parenting skills.
That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.